0: Welcome to The Founder's Mind, a podcast powered by the Kadar Group. This is your host, Adam Mutchler. Before we kick off the conversation with Tessa and Tony, if you've had a chance to listen to some recent episodes, you may have already heard we're bringing on a sponsor for the show and we couldn't be more excited. We're currently producing season two, sponsored by Upside Business Travel. More on all of this soon. For now, on this episode, we have Tessa and Tony a father-daughter duo representing the family behind the D.C. institutions Baked and Wired, A Baked Joint, and Labetti. We chat about the importance of community, how to intentionally create space for gathering, and avoiding the pitfall of trying to recreate a hit by focusing on different concepts with each new endeavor. Listen in. Um, I am here at Labetti with Tessa and Tony, the co-founder, founders, owners... Of a food empire that I admire in D.C., uh, welcome Tony and Tessa to the Founder's Mind.
1: Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Thanks you. for Thank having you. us.
0: Very excited to chat with you all, uh, and I'd love to hear about where we are, but also you know a bake joint baked and wired. And I'm going geographically from mm-hmm. east to west here, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but a little bit about the origin story and what what you all are cooking up, literally.
2: Wow. Big question. <laughs> um, well, I'll start and I'll let Tessa sort of take it from there. She's she's more eloquent than I am. Um, we started 18 years ago, almost 19, at Baked and Wired. Um, it was a small thing. We were not never in our wildest dreams that we think that it would turn out to be what it has turned out to be. Um, and we just have had, you know, a really good time with it. Um, we had baked for, I don't know, maybe thir- 12, 13 years before we opened the second location. Um, and um, now we have Betty. Yeah. So A whole new world. A whole <laughs> new world, <yeah. laughs> And our goal was always to sort of have different concepts, right? I mean, we... We didn't want to get bored with doing the same thing in another location uh, and taking away from, you know, the inherent personality that each location develops, right? It's sort of hard to replicate sequels are usually not as good as the first one. And that's been our mindset is to have um, the new concepts develop um, that are sort of tied into the original concept, but not the same thing.
0: That's awesome. And it seems like, and I'm just going off a bake joint, Mm -hmm. you've got lines on K Street and you've got lines in Georgetown. Mm -hmm. So there are things happening.
1: Yeah, there are things happening. I think, um, like he was saying, we've always remained really true to who we are. And that's really like who we are as a family and our personality and really expressing that through the stores. Even when someone says that might not be a good idea or why are you doing this or you should do this. Um, Really, I think, staying true to the vision and expressing that to our team. I mean, we would not have these locations and these lines at the door if, of course, this stuff tastes really good. And Mm -hmm. we have a great bakery team is really committed. And they put a lot of love into small batching everything. But, you know, the people at the store actually selling the goods. So we really, I think, what's made it so um, cool to, to see and I think what people are drawn to as well is, it feels very authentic in there, and that's our staff being able to self express themselves in a lot of ways. They play their own music, they wear their own clothes. I mean, truly, our dress code rule is just wear closed toe shoes, please. No
2: tank tops um, for the guys. Yeah, no, no armpits coming out. <laughs> no, we don't need to see that. No, yeah, see no that. armpits hair
1: coming out. Um, that's it, and I think um, that's what we really tried to maintain throughout all three locations is just really that authentic cozy personal vibe that while it's expressing individuality in a lot of ways it that also fosters community because people really feel like they're coming from all types of walk and there's someone they can relate to on that floor and they feel like they're part of this world too.
0: Yeah. That's amazing and I think one of the things so I do executive coaching and I work with a lot of corporations but there's all this talk about like bringing yourself to work being your authentic self and like What does that mean for a corporate culture? And the theory is that when you allow people to be themselves, you get the best out of them. Mm -hmm. And the practice is what you're describing here is you get the best out of people when they can show up and and be as much themselves as they can Mm -hmm. at work.
1: Absolutely. That's really cool. Absolutely. And then just it's ultimately coming down to finding those people who love people and really want to make this a place that they don't just clock in and out, which is incredibly difficult in a fast service kind of yeah, model yeah. Um, but who really want to make this a home and really a place that they can not only connect with each other but we see them developing these wonderful relationships with the customers as well mm. they see them, they know exactly what their order is. But beyond that, it's, oh, you know, how was your vacation last week? Or how's your daughter's first day of school? And seeing kids grow up through there that we've seen them being pushed in strollers when they first come in and we then see them on their sixth birthday and we know what kind of quiche they like to get. And um, I think that's a big part of it, too, is really getting people who work with us to really love it as well and get something out of it. So when they leave work that day, they really have had their own experience Um, and I think really whatever you do you should you're there 40 hours or more yeah. you should love it and we really try to that's a big goal of ours is how to make that atmosphere for the people who work for us because it translates of course to the, sure. the customer so in a business sense great like they come back they feel that um and then also we feel good about having that so we have a lot of interesting conversations about because he's kind of a socialist at mm-hmm. at yeah. heart <laughs> and about like just at heart <laughs> yeah or like actually yeah um and about how to not go the route of just being turning tables, yeah, money monger. Transactions. Yeah. But how can we feel good about serving yeah. the product? And, yeah. yeah, like making some money while we do it, but not being greedy. How can we yeah. How can we serve our community and serve the people who work for us and treat them fairly and feel mm-hmm. good at the end
0: yeah, of the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Tony, you had something.
2: Yeah, well, you know, our staff is – most important asset. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, we make an effort to make sure that, you know, not only are they happy, but, you know, that they can sort of live in the city that is hard to live in. Yeah. We're um, talking about costs. talking about costs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, um, it's a balancing act that's not easy to do, but, you know, that's, you know, we work on it every day. Every, yeah. Every day we wake up and... How can we how can we make you know not only the business better but how can we make it better you know for our staff
0: for sure and i think one of the things that's interesting just in listening to what you're talking about and also we had a little pre-conversation about community and like no wi-fi which mm-hmm. i know is you know kind of jarring if you don't know your your store it's like your regular customers you go in there you expect internet right. and there's not that internet mm-hmm. um you know not just creating a space for your employees like you talked about, but also creating a space that people come to become accustomed to.
2: Yeah. and You know, ever since we opened uh, Baked and Wired many years ago, um, the thing was that, you know, a coffee house is supposed to be a community experience, right? You know, traditionally that's how coffee houses have been. People go there uh, not only you know, to consume the food and drink, but they go to have a conversation. They go to, you know, find out who this other person is that's sitting next to me that's a stranger that I may develop a relationship with. So really early on, we made a commitment not to have Wi-Fi, and, um, you know, we felt backlash because of that. Both at Baked and Wired and especially here at Joint. Yeah, yeah. Um, So... But, you know, like Tessa was saying, you sometimes you have to stay true to what your vision is. And, you know, that's one of our visions is to have a place where people can come and converse. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, as many of there's the people who are upset we have Wi-Fi, I actually get so many people who come up and say, I'm so glad you don't have Wi-Fi. I can mm-hmm. actually sit here and have a conversation with someone or just be by myself and read a book without feeling like. What's that? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Or like my iPhone. Um, (laughs) um, Without, you go into so many shops and that's just become the norm somehow and you feel like you're interrupting a workspace or a library. When you come in and you can't really just be, there's so many pressures with technology already. We all have a mini computer attached to us at all times anyway. So to give people the opportunity and give them permission to have 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, to be disconnected in some way, in a lighter way, and then they, of course, go back to work, or then they're logged on, you know, until they fall asleep in front of their computer, we try to look at that as a gift to give people if you choose to look at it that way, that you really can use that time to to have that conversation, to bring your mom in from out of town that you haven't talked to in a while, to you know have your kids, have your best friend, have a date. So we see that happen all the time. And it's been really cool seeing the transformation mm-hmm. of people being really pissed off, especially a joint when we first opened, did not understand it, um, to, I think, actually really taking to it. I and mean, we hardly get the complaints anymore.
2: Yeah, we don't.
1: Yeah.
0: But I think it's... It- To your point, like creating that space, right? And in coaching, we talk about all the time creating space for certain conversations. But creating actual space as you've done with your places, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a powerful thing to do. And it's something, it is hard, like you said. And I think when anyone starts a business or opens another location or goes Mm -hmm. for that expansion, um, there is always that, I'm not saying that this is happening here, but there's that imposter syndrome of saying, well, we're doing something really different. And is that okay or will it work? Mm -hmm. But when you, like you said, you stick to whatever that gut intuition is Mm -hmm. or that driving passion, things typically tend to sort themselves out. And you all of a sudden find people.
1: I think so. If it's authentic, I think people can smell that a mile away, especially this day and age. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so easy to be pretty superficial and transparent, especially with social media, mm-hmm. um, and so I really think people are super keen now on if something's pretty real and authentic feeling mm-hmm. and done for the right reasons, or if it's just a marketing ploy or a sales pitch or mm-hmm. someone in New York designed you know, <laughs> this experience from the outside that you have no idea who they are, and so I, I think that's been working for us, especially... Now, I think people are coming really, especially coming back to the idea of a coffee shop and to an intimate dining experience and to a little bit of privacy even. Um, I think it's, it's more important now than it has been in the last few years. Oh, for sure. I think, yeah.
0: No, I totally agree. And there's this, I, I see kind of like this like really interesting extremes. Big box, like high volume mass chains and then super boutique, like small Mike, like just in, independent businesses, and then everything else in between kind of gets lost. You're either Starbucks or yes. you're baked and wired. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. absolutely. You know,
0: and if you're going for anything in between, people don't have the attention or patience for it, right? Which I think yeah. is interesting.
2: Yeah, I think we we agree. Uh, you know, middle of the road is a dangerous place to be if you're if you're a business owner. Um, that's, where mm- that's where the cars are, because that's where the sorry one end the other. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I just you know feel that um, I mean not only us. I mean, there's a fair amount of places in DC that, yeah. that you know share or not share, but you know more or less think like we do. Sure. You know, ingredients are important, the experience is important, and we're not unique to that, um, but we're true to it. You know, like <clears throat> other businesses uh, in the city are. But yeah, I agree. I mean, we've made a decision not to be in the middle. Uh, and you know it's it's worked out for us, you know fairly well for sure. Yeah. So, and that's um, come with
1: just also never franchising, even though we've been given mm-hmm. so many opportunities. Sure. Open in Dubai, open in New York, mm-hmm. open in Atlanta, open yeah. in that. It's like it's mm-hmm. it's been a lot of yeah. offers, and you it's know, just we've...
2: been
1: that's like you're saying, kind of getting to the middle ground, yeah. and we'd rather open a completely different place
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and serve a different kind of community yeah. and serve a different kind of product, and and be true in that way than try to replicate something that already exists and is very special to that area or to that neighborhood. Yeah,
0: to that place.
2: Yes,
1: exactly. You know,
2: when we uh, <clears throat> were opening Joint, you know, people thought we were insane not to offer cupcakes, for example. Right? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I mean, I can't think of anybody uh, that thought that it would be successful. Sure. But, but you know, we were not New jerk people. We had thought this out. We had— you know, we're clear in our minds as to where we want to go. Yeah. You know, we wanted to go with joint. And one of them was that we didn't want to replicate baked and wired. You know, uh, we could borrow things sure. from baked and wired. But sure. we didn't want to, like, you know, sell cupcakes. So it's worked out.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, the bread's delicious. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had some very good thick slabs of sourdough with almond mm-hmm. butter on it. And let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Tasty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you don't understand that distinction between baked and wired and a baked joint then you just have to go visit them if you're in dc or if you're visiting dc um one thing that's interesting at this table and the conversation we're having now is you know we're talking about a family business now right so I, I know you were probably integral in the conception of baked and wired when you were 10 11 12.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what i think <laughs> yeah
0: um but w- i'd love to hear about that i'm so I do coaching. I'm in partnership with my mom. Mm-hmm. And family businesses are kind of in my circle. And I'd love to hear what that's been like for you, Tony, kind of seeing someone coming mm. up in your life and then into your
2: business. Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, we, you know, we never thought that we would work as a team, you know, family yeah. team. Uh, that wasn't, We never even thought about it. Um, by we, I mean my wife and myself. Um, you know, all this came from, you know, Zach and Tessa, that they wanted to be, participate, uh, you know, in the business. And, you know, it, in that sense, it was easy because they wanted to do it. Sure. It wasn't like we pressured them to be part of this. Um, needless to say, we're we're happy then, and we're extremely happy now. It's not only because, um, you know, they're assets to the business, but, you know, we have... Uh, you know, as parents, we have a relationship with our kids that, you know, we recognize that the great majority of parents don't have, you know, that closeness of working with somebody, except for you, of course. You <laughs> but, uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. a different kind of relationship, no, no, yeah. uh, especially when, you know, everybody's an adult, right? It's not like, it's not that traditional, you know, father-daughter relationship. It, you think know, It's shift. a mature thing. Yeah. yeah. You know? um, That's very satisfying, you know, and we're really glad that it's happened this way. That's awesome.
0: That's cool. What made you, Tessa, say, I want in a little bit more than just being, you know, a kid behind the counter?
1: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in the stores. My first jobs were there. I did—I've done pretty much everything there is in food service, Mm -hmm. making the cupcake papers, making the dog biscuits— Um, working behind the counter, being a barista, washing dishes, everything. So when I went off to college, uh, I worked in other shops. um, I studied psychology. I was kind of looking at pursuing that master's program and I was just kind of torn. I didn't really feel like my heart was in it, but I remember that my heart was always in taking those summer shifts or working when I was at home. And so I decided to, to give it a shot and really see what small business was really all about and really dive into it full time. Um, and I gave myself a year to see if I liked it, basically. And if not, I would just apply to grad school and get on with it. And here I am, you know, over six years later. <laughs> and so I tell people I just got my PhD in small business. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. And
1: it's been the ultimate education um, to really give, you know, been given the opportunity and the trust mm-hmm. to take on more responsibilities than if I was just, you know, some schmo walking off the street um, and really getting that intimate knowledge of how you run a business and then also being able to come in from a, a younger generation standpoint of how we can bring fresh ideas into the business as well um, and be really integral in that, especially with Baked, which is about to hit 19 years, you know, how do you keep a bakery cool that long? Um, and, I think I it, you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's all of us like really working together to, to do that. It yeah. takes the, the expertise yeah. and the knowledge and the um, the years behind knowing how yeah. really what it's like to have a bakery, which is I think a, lot, a whimsical idea for a lot of people. Sure. Um, but then also bringing in the the my naive probably ideas and my whimsical ideas to to keep it fresh and keep it fun and keep it exciting yeah. and, and young.
2: Yeah, you but know? but that's what's made us survive today. I mean, sure. we are who we are today because of that infusion of fresh ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, um, of us, you know, saying, yeah, I mean, we want to cater to the young people. And, I mean, um, we're
0: coming. And you're coming. And we're not even the youngest generation. I know, <laughs> and
1: now I'm, I'm old,
0: I feel like. Older, so older. Need to get
1: the, yeah, we need to get the if next If you're older what does it make, Tony? In. Let's just say yeah. you're old.
0: <laughs> you're older than some people, he's older than some people. <laughs> I'm
2: definitely not a young person. Yeah, I'm not box. sure if I'm older. <laughs> I'm the oldest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that um, one of the things that i That we work on hard is keeping it fresh. Yeah. Uh, It's not easy when you're running a business to, you know, be making changes all the time. Uh, You know, it's a risky thing because you people tend to. You know, just get into that comfort zone and just sort of live there because it's comfortable. But, you know, I think that what Tessa and Zach and our staff, which is really young to begin with you know, brings us that energy of youth and ideas of youth. And, you know, we try to implement them.
0: That's great. There's the, the. What I love right now in listening to you all talk about your businesses and the experience that you have with each other and with your staff is that it sounds like it's developed over time, obviously, and it's a manifestation of personal values and beliefs, but it's a lot about what people talk about as far as creating culture Mm -hmm. and one of the really interesting conversations that's happening that i see is this intergenerational conversation right like there are people who have a ton of experience but aren't keeping up with sort of the newness of the world but there are also people that are newer Mm -hmm. that are naive or you know aren't respecting or understanding that there is a lot of value in well-worn wisdom Yeah. yeah i mean just straight up absolutely and Having that in your business, and I have it in mine as well, mm-hmm. you know, I say Leia is my biggest strategic advantage.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Because we can talk to each other and push each other, but also balance each other. Right. You know, when we're working with other people. And it, from a business concept and brand and all that stuff, you cater to a large, wide range of people. You could argue everyone.
2: Yeah. And, and we try to figure out what our demographics are. And, you know, it's like everybody, like you said. I mean, yeah. We, you know, we have older people and younger people, yeah. and you know, it makes us feel good. Yeah, you know, we can we can do that. Um, but again, you know, you know, I can take care of the old part; and she takes care of the young part. <laughs> your demographic, so it
0: out. your demographic, or people that love a good cup of coffee, yeah. an iced tea, yeah. and something like that. that too, there food go. is good. We forgot about the food. Yeah, yeah. we did not yeah. talk about the food.
1: The yeah. food is good, so yeah. that helps a
2: lot.
0: Well, yeah, there, this will say something. Every now and then, I don't know if you experience this with food or drinks you'll you'll have a experience with a type of food or a drink and it kind of like gets rotated into your regular
2: mm-hmm. order.
0: And the hibiscus mint iced tea <laughs> at at um baked and wired, when I had it when I was when I helped I helped open the Apple store in Georgetown, so I was going there a lot mm-hmm. more regularly. And the moment I had that, every place I go, I'm like, Do you have hibiscus mint iced tea? It might not be the same, but like
2: can I get some of that?
1: that has <laughs> yeah. been on yeah. the venue since opening. Since we
2: opened. Yeah. So 19 first, years. First they, thing we opened. We, yeah. uh, uh, our neighbor was, uh, or both of our neighbors were like, the owners of Sushiko. Okay. And uh, they're up the ones who. Up in Lower Park. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right? Good spot.
2: Mm. Uh, Bakaya now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were the ones who sort of turned us onto this hibiscus mint. The guy that sells it is a Sudanese guy out of Austin. Oh, wow. Who at the time, I don't know if he's doing that now, but he was bringing in hibiscus from Mm. Sudan and mixing it with Texas mint. Wow. And that's how.
0: I mean, it was good. Like, unsweetened, like good flavors. Oh, yeah. That's that's the hangover cure.
1: We tell the kids you have a big cup of that and you're good to go for your shift. That's funny. Yeah.
0: Well, what. What's the Genesis? You have you have Baked and Wired in Georgetown, mm-hmm. right? And what started this let's do another place? How did that come up?
2: Yeah. And evolve? Well, I don't know. I mean, we had been approached and we had looked at other places throughout the year. Sure. Locations. Yeah, right? by, by that. Um, and this one came up. Sure. K Street location, which, you know, I don't know why it clicked. It just felt, you know, right. And at the time, this was all parking lots and, you know, at 295 here was it's mess. Is a mess. It's a mess, right? <laughs> um, there wasn't much around here, uh, but it just felt well. It felt like, yeah. you know, we should be here. And so we made that move you know, without really knowing that it would develop into what it is today, which is like a high density.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, we're location. sitting underneath a large apartment building.
2: Large apartment <laughs> building and more going up. Yeah. And office buildings going up. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was more that, that this location felt right. And at the time, we didn't know if it was gonna be a baked and wired or something else, mm-hmm. and all that sort of like developed, you know, by itself. but. It was more like this neighborhood felt right for us, and wow. that's what made it happen.
0: And you just leaned into it.
2: We just went in, all, all in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, Scary. Scary? Yeah. Tell me.
2: Yeah, well, no, it was scary because we're moving into—we're doing a concept that, you know, it's not what we do. Like, you know, for example, you know, the bread program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, once we decided that we were going to do something like this, we had to say, "Well, how do we start a bread program?" Mm. You know, East Coast is not have a culture of eating ah. bread; we just don't. You know, it's a West Coast thing.
0: Yeah, we're not SF.
2: That's yeah. right, we're not SF. <laughs> um, so, you know, we went to New York. You know, not much bread there. Yeah, there were some bread places, yeah, of course, but for of the size of the yeah, city, of you know, not that much. But you know, on the West Coast, it's different. Yeah. Um, So so we had to, like, develop a bread program uh, a year before we opened because we had to make sure it was right. Mm. um, So, you know, bringing all those things in, uh, something that's very expensive to run, like a a bread program, changing the concept, moving into a neighborhood that's all parking lots and no buildings. Yeah, it was scary.
0: It's expensive to run, like, equipment and, like, like investing up front?
2: Everything. Everything. Uh, You know, the bread... Bread programs don't tend to be profitable. They sort of work uh, when you make it part of your business, like all the sandwiches that we make we sure. use our bread.
0: Right, 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 You know,
2: that's what, you know, makes it, um, you know, a little bit more palatable mm. as, you know, as a business. But, you know, that's the main reason you don't see bread bakeries. It's just that, you know, when you come to the bottom line, they're really hard to sustain.
0: Especially so, in places with high
2: rents. Especially with places where high rents. Yeah. yeah. So you, you look at, you know, DC and what, there's three, four places that are yeah. in the city. That you know, yeah, Bread First. Yeah, Bread uh, First, one in the alley. Yeah, and there's, there's uh,
0: one that sells out of, uh, was it Leon Bakery that sells you know? out of Union? Mm-hmm.
2: So, so there's yeah. not, for, you know, metropolitan area of six million people, that's not that much. No. But it's because, uh, going back to what you had said, uh, either you are small yeah. or you're really big. And in the middle, doesn't survive I mean, yeah you just can't kind make it work
0: what was that and i think this is always interesting like this idea of building teams so you had this business mm-hmm. in georgetown and you had obviously you know you had a rhythm you had a team of people mm-hmm. and you're going into this new location and a new industry with bread mm-hmm. what was it like building the team how much crossover was there did you bring people over you know and also what was making that i'm assuming you You hired a a bread maker.
2: Yeah, we did. Uh, We got, we had to go all the way and find someone in Montana.
0: Montana? Yes. That's not the West Coast.
2: But (laughs) (laughs) he was a good bread maker. He still is. He's still with us. Okay, great. Um, But yeah, I mean, everybody that was working on the bread program more or less came from outside the city. Yeah. And in the five years that we've been doing this, uh, you know, we've had, we have a training program. So, you know, we develop it. But, you know, finding bread bakers, you know, it's just hard to find. Yeah. Like, they just don't exist. It's a craft. It's a craft. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's so much. It's so complicated and sophisticated. So much chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much touch and feel. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's. Um, you have to be an artist to be able to make good bread.
0: And a scientist.
2: And a scientist yeah. at the same yeah. <laughs> time. It like, yeah, it's 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 tough, but. You know.
0: But you got lines on Saturday and Sunday. We love bread. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love. It's like there are a couple businesses in the city still. I make, you know, like Bad Saint, you have mm. call your mother. Yeah. There are always lines, yeah. right? And it's, I can't underscore how important it is. And y- you all are sharing this. Like when you really hone into things that you love or you obsess about and you just give yourself to it, stuff happens and people feel it and they can see it
2: right yeah no no doubt about it Definitely. I mean I think they uh, you know going back to what Tessa said about being authentic, you know the businesses you mentioned, they're authentic, oh yeah right i mean there's there's no doubt about it, people like that, you know, people just don't want the bullshit of like yeah. you yeah. know whatever you know they they want to feel that you know this is a real place and yeah.
0: The BS meter is very honed in 2019 it going into really
1: 2020. Is. <laughs> and, and we're, you know, I'm born and raised in DC, i have been here, yeah, I don't know, 40 100 years so, ish. 100. And chances are, if we're, we're needing something, we're looking to the city. Yeah. that was the example with the bread. We had nowhere to get bread, we're right. getting Safeway bread. Right. My mom was cooking these amazing meals every night. Right. You know, we have all these great ingredients coming in. We have Whole Foods now, we have all this, yeah. stuff. but we we're getting styrofoam bread from the supermarket. Worst. Yeah. Worst. And so we're like, if we want good bread, I'm sure other people want good bread. And same mm. with all yeah. the other concepts. We want this yeah. and we are really from this area and we know because we're
0: you've been all over town you've been looking for it you say something to your friend and your friend's like oh my god
1: yeah totally like it would be cool it's not like thinking what other people want it's what you really want and trusting that other people want that as well
0: Steve Jobs famously said if he had asked people what they want they wouldn't have said the iPod that's right like he was right (laughs)
1: like
0: they just wouldn't have conceptualized it not that people couldn't aren't capable of it but when you're living in the context of your world Sometimes it's hard to think mm-hmm. outside that, and you know, you because you've done retail and food mm-hmm. before, you had a little bit more context.
1: Yeah, you right. have to know what they want without them. Knowing yeah, that they want it a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. What, um, and now we're right next door to a big joint mm-hmm. at Lebetti. Lebetti, yes, dinner. Yes. What do you know about dinner?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we at home. Um, I don't know. I mean, we. Teresa is a wonderful baker, and she's a wonderful cook at the same time. And, you know, we had sort of run out with the baking stuff, with joint and and, and bake. So, you know, the next step for us was to have a sit-down place. Yeah, where we're sitting right now. Where we're sitting right now. In a gorgeous booth, by Um, the way. mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Thank you. With a big, rank microphone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was a natural progression that if you wanted to do something else, uh, that, you know, a sit-down experience would be, you know, the next step. Mm. So, you know, that was very challenging, too, because it's not the same thing to cook at home. Right. To cook for, you know, a bunch of people. Uh, So that's been a learning experience, just like joint Mm -hmm. was a learning experience. And these learning experiences take, you know, one, two years to sort out out. yeah yeah and you know that's where we're at right now we're we feel comfortable but there's still stuff that you know needs sorted out uh, with you know what we're doing but you know we'll get there
0: i think it's a great detail the learn it's a learning experience and it takes one or two years to sort out there's a lot of emphasis in with young entrepreneurs and you probably had the benefit of seeing entrepreneurs that have been through this right but like this uh, it's got to happen quickly. Like mm-hmm. it's only going to take six months, or I just need to do one thing, and then everything else will fall into place.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, but it it does. It takes time. It takes iteration. It takes mistakes. You know, it takes bad hires. It takes good hires that go somewhere else mm-hmm. and like break your heart. Like it takes all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. to a formula that starts to work. Let alone a formula that has people lining up.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a process that requires an extreme amount of patience. Yeah. Right. And self-confidence, right? You you need to feel that even if things aren't going that well, that you can see it down the road happening well. So, you know, between patience, self-confidence, and adhering to a process, chances are it'll work out. If yeah. you're capitalized, if
0: you're capitalized, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone. I forget the gentleman's name. I'll put it in the show notes. But he tweeted, "There's a lot of stats about business failure in the first like one to three years, mm-hmm. but not about business success in like in not highly capitalized businesses mm-hmm. that last like three to ten years or have been growing for three to ten years. Mm-hmm. And you know, the longer longer that you can sustain and put time and energy and resources into something that isn't a sinking ship." Mm-hmm your rate of success is going to increase. Right. I mean, it just will. It may not be a quote-unquote unicorn or pop-off, right? Right. Like, Baked and Wired was in Georgetown probably for some time before it was an insane hotspot magnet.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we, it took five or six years, you know, to get there. Um, But, you know, it paid off, right? Yeah. And um, we just kept on learning. We don't come from a food service background, uh, either well, Teresa or myself. Tessa does. She does. I do. <laughs> but at the beginning, none of it. So it was all new stuff, I mean, it's like. How does, can we, Tarzan, yeah. how does Zach feel, by the way? Tony, he's Tessa, and
0: Teresa, and Z? That's his
2: name T- choice. T, 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 and Z? Yeah. He's the odd man. That
0: <laughs> um, I love that. Every now and then there are families that have like a letter like yeah. a leather rhythm and then there's one person out and I'm always like, what?
2: <laughs> we call them Tazak Okay, okay good,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's the, oh my God, I'm forgetting it. What's the Greek sauce? Uh, tzatziki. No one could pronounce Yeah, tzatziki. That
2: would have been a good
0: name. That's great. It for that. There you go. So what kind of food, because I love food, what are we working with at Labedi at the moment?
1: Yeah, we're doing all really home-cooked American cuisine. My mom's background is, she's from Ohio Mm. and has a lot of German-Irish roots. Um, So it's really food that she would have growing up, which is really American kind of cozy food, um, but kind of blended with how she's evolved in her cooking life. Um, It's a little bit more elevated, comfort kind of food in in a lot of ways. Um, So you can get a really good burger you can also get a really wonderful roasted cauliflower head with mole sauce. So really, going back to the idea of just trying to have an experience that we can serve all types of people and their food needs, but coming back to just feeling like you just got a hug from your food. Oh, yeah. That Um, sounds good. Yeah. uh,
0: um, I'm going to go back to this space real quick because, and this is probably an influence of my dad, my dad Mm -hmm. is, unofficially, um, he was a naval architect. He built Mm -hmm. a boat in the 70s and 80s with his dad, although he's not a trained architect and then the boat's been around since then and my grandparents lived on it for a decade so it's 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 water tested and then he built the house that i grew up in wow. and so like when i go into a space and you can literally you can see like the wood like if this is solid this is not mm. like you know plaster mm. and just like plastic chairs like it's a it's a really well thought out and like the space feels warm mm. and it's cold outside yeah, yeah. Yep. but it feels cool, warm But it feels just warm. like visually and physically yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a great that kind of, when you said the hug, like, yeah. you can feel it in the space also. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we, uh, you know, Zach and myself, we designed the space, and we wanted it to feel that way. Yeah. We wanted it to feel, you know, cozy. Um, to have booths that didn't feel like you were sitting, you know, in a place that, you know, was not friendly. Yeah. So, you know, wood offers so much warmth. Yeah, yeah. You know, darker colors offer warmth. Yeah. Um, you know, carpets. Yeah, yeah. And, You know, dim lighting. Mm-hmm. So you know, we wanted to marry the space to, you know, the home type food that mm-hmm. you know Teresa was cooking, and make it all a cozy experience. That's even awesome. when it's cold outside.
0: Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I mean, like I got, you know, I got a couple layers on. Yeah. I try not to wear my winter coat until at least Thanksgiving, Good because I was in Chicago for long enough oh. where like it was like that's just not you got you got to hold out yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: but um what kind of just thinking about these three places and where things are you know at the moment I'd love to hear and I know listeners appreciate this and I know it can be hard sometimes to talk about what's what are some of the challenges that have come up that you've worked through if you want to share one or a couple I'm sure there's been more than one
2: hmm. well, I'm
1: sure there have been more man, you're, <laughs> you're, you're hurling
2: <laughs> tough questions um I want yeah to talk we've about interesting had interesting things. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> we have a, we've had wow. I don't know. I you know I think one of our challenges as a business, right, yeah. is, is staffing, is finding the right the right people um you know to work at the it, <clears throat> at the business and you know have them feel that they're part of it and that they're happy. Um you know, we've had a bunch of challenges. Um uh, Tessa got almost punched in the face uh, when we opened Joint Twice. Someone twice, yeah. Yeah. same person or
0: different person? No, different people. Okay, yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. better or worse, but yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so that's how rough this neighborhood was. Yeah, 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 I mean, for sure. Uh, just like, were you the cashless really, we then, did? or were we what, cash cashless here? Like, no. cashless? No, we had cash.
0: No, 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 you know, like, oh. you know, like no register, like no cash registers. No, no, we you did, we, yeah, yeah we, and
2: we yeah. still do. We that's an important thing for us, yeah, by, yeah, right. I mean, accessibility. We, yeah, exactly. it's accessibility. Not everybody has a credit card, yeah, actually, lots of people. Lots of people don't. don't. Yeah. And we feel like you know, it would be much easier for us to run our business without cash. Sure. But, you know, what about all those people who don't have a credit card? Yeah. Know, why shouldn't they have a cup of coffee?
0: I mean, I think about that even when I'm walking on the street. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I like to give people a little bit of money here and there. Yeah. I never have cash on me. Yeah, and I, and I think about that because like yeah. everywhere I go, there's takes credit cards, yeah, yeah. you know, and so like I don't, I don't even have that like in my pocket. Yeah,
2: yeah. And
0: it's it's changed the dynamic of my relationship with people on the street. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah sure. You know, which
0: is kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I never thought of it that
0: way. I mean, for yeah. me, yeah. Some people, yeah. some people are opposed to that. Yeah. But like, it's just like, just even having the ability to, yeah. you know, put that out there when you when you connect with someone.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I see what you're saying. It's. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And our cash tips have gone down so much, but our credit card tips are yeah. getting, you know, up and up and up and yeah, yeah.
2: up. People have less cash. Yeah. Uh or carry less cash. Yeah. yeah. But there's a chunk of the population that that's yeah. all they have is cash. Hundred percent. So right. you know, it's sort will be unfair not to mm-hmm. not to give them the opportunity to, you know,
0: be participate. Part of
2: our, yeah. Yeah. Participate yeah, no, I think that
0: I think that's amazing. I think you know, I, I believe um a lot of people don't Consider that, or realize that, mm-hmm. you know. Again, if you're in a position of privilege and access, right. and you got an Apple Watch and an iPhone mm-hmm. and mobile payments, all this stuff, you know, like, oh yeah, cashless is really it is much more convenient. Right. But it does it it does remove that whole segment, yeah. right? And there was a bunch of stuff in Williamsburg over the last several years because so many businesses have gone cashless. In New York, or? Yeah, 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 New York. <laughs>
2: Not, not yeah, no, not, no, not no okay. not
0: I think they legally have to stick with cash <laughs> <laughs> for authentic <laughs> for authentic reasons. Um, but Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Um, but the, the, you know, you can go blocks right. which is just cashless, mm-hmm. and people have signs on their doors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one claim is security
2: sure. of the employees, yeah.
0: which I think is important. And I and I, I am mean, sure you know that more than sure. than your average person. Yeah. But there is that other element. Um, and I'm harping on it because I want people to remember
2: (laughs) well you know for us uh, you know our business uh, the responsibility of owning a business comes with with a social responsibility you know to be part of the city to be part of the community Uh, so you know we take these things um, like the cash which a lot of people don't think about um, or they don't know about um, together with a bunch of other stuff that are uh, social issues that affect, you know, our community. And, you know, for us, that's part of your responsibility. If you mm. want to own a business, you should be have a social conscience and mm. think about all these things that normally you wouldn't think, right? Mm. Easy not to take cash, but what about the other guy?
0: Mm. I love that. I mean, it, it, it really digs into the theme that I get in this conversation, which is, like, attention to detail and, like, thinking about things more holistically. I mean, from ingredients... To not trying to repeat something, because you know it's never going to be the same as your first location. So you got these yeah. three different locations to cash because of accessibility, like it's mm-hmm. and how you treat your people and how you think about your business. Attention to detail, and I feel like that's a great closing spot.
2: Yeah, perfect.
0: Like I really have appreciated having both of you here.
2: Oh, thank you, and thank for you, you having me
0: uh, at Libby. Thank yeah. you for being on the Founder's Mind.
1: Thank, thank you, you so much. it's been a pleasure.
0: What's a pleasure. the What's the best way? If we got listeners in DC, what's the best way for them to uh, check out your spots? You got Instagrams, websites.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You can (coughs) check out our Instagrams um, at Baked Wire DC, at a Baked Joint, at LaBetty DC. Check out our websites Facebook, Twitter. Hey, just come on in. Just come come and say hey. And you got to try for yourself. You can only eat. Through your eyes so much on the social media feed.
0: Exactly. There's nothing like being there in person. And if you're walking by and there's a line, you know you're at the right spot. It's it's one of the things. You know <laughs> you're at the right
1: spot. And I'll say we crank fast. you. It does.
0: Through. It does it's move scary, fast. Scary,
1: but just hold in there.
0: And at Baked and White, you got you know you got the bakery line, you got the coffee line. Right. That was a good ed- uh, operational Undercover, update. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we
2: want to we want to make it confusing.
0: So yeah. That's what we yeah. doing. go
1: on your toes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Founder's Mind. Check back soon for season two, sponsored by Upside Business Travel. Learn more about Upside at Upside.com. If you like what you're hearing, we'd love your support. Sign up to be a funder of The Founder's Mind. To support the show, you can go to the show notes or head to thefoundersmind.com and click the link funder. To make sure you don't miss any awesome wisdom from guests and stay up to date on the most recent episodes of the show, be sure to visit thefoundersmind.com. The you can also follow along on social at The Founders Mind. And try
2: to Last but not new least, ideas, thank you to Roy for on the show
0: and his dope editing the thoughts, skills it The, Founders a mind Until next the man, time, take care. What you learn, what you get is what you be. In a world full of noise, how to find that clarity. To try to lead, subtly, never full of vanity. And try to change something small or try to change humanity. Power forward through the dark Founders mind is what you see Founders mind is what you see Founders mind is what you see see.